Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. No stranger to controversy, it was in 2011 when Charlie Sheen decided to take it to the next level. In an interview on The Dan Patrick Show, he had this to say, quote, I was sober for five years a long time ago and was just bored out of my tree. It's inauthentic. It's not who I am. I didn't drink for 12 years and man, that first one. Wow. At another point, the discussion turned to crack. Referring to some earlier comments, he said, quote, I said, stay off the crack. And I still think that's pretty good advice unless you can manage it socially. If you can manage it socially, then go for it. But not a lot of people can, you know? Fast forward a few years later to 2018, when Sheen was proudly tweeting a photo of his one-year sobriety medallion from Alcoholics Anonymous. What happened to lead to this dramatic change? Well, you're going to find out the entire backstory behind Sheen's newfound sobriety in today's video. Now, from a young age, all the roads led to one place for Carlos Erwin Estevez, or Charlie Sheen as the world would come to know him, the big screen. His father is Hollywood actor Martin Sheen, famous for playing Captain Benjamin Willard in 1979's Apocalypse Now. His mother Janet was an artist, and his two elder brothers, Emilio and Raymond, as well as his younger sister Rene, all became actors to varying degrees of fame. Now, after a few minor film roles, Sheen would break through with a lead role in 1986's Platoon. Directed by Oliver Stone, the film tells the story of a volunteer infantryman deployed to Vietnam in 1967. With a star-studded cast that included Tom Berenger, Willem Dafoe, Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker, the film would go on to become a wild box office success picking up four Academy Awards along the way. The following year, Sheen would star in another successful Oliver Stone film, Wall Street, alongside Michael Douglas. From then, it was only up and up for the talented young actor. Over the years, Sheen has appeared in close to 100 films and television series, earning several hundred million dollars in the process. At one point, he was the highest paid actor on television, earning close to $2 million per episode on the CBS series Two and a Half Men. Now, along with the money and fame, Sheen quickly developed a reputation as one of Hollywood's bad boys. When Hollywood madam Heidi Fleiss was arrested in 1993 for running a high-end prostitution ring, Sheen was revealed to be one of her clients. According to Fleiss, he spent several hundred thousands of dollars on the services of her girls. In all fairness, in her trial, Sheen himself would only admit to $53,000. In 1997, Sheen received a one-year suspended sentence for beating his then-girlfriend, Brittany Ashland. And in 2005, his second wife, actress Denise Richard applied for a restraining order. In a statement to the court, she claimed that she suffered from domestic violence threats, while also alleging that Sheen had drug abuse and gambling issues. Sheen didn't take kindly to the court proceedings. In one of the nasty emails he sent her that were leaked to the press, we find the following harsh words. You are a pig. A sad jobless pig who is sad and talentless and, mm, oh yeah, sad and jobless and evil and a bad mum. So go yourself, sad, jobless pig. In 2009, Sheen got in trouble again over a domestic violent incident with his third wife, Brooke Mueller. The actor pleaded not guilty to charges of menacing, 
criminal mischief and assault before eventually pleading guilty to one of the charges and getting away with just 30 days in a Malibu rehab facility. All these troubles eventually took a toll not only on his health, which we will come to shortly, but also his finances. His personal fortune, once over $150 million, is nowadays hovering around the $10 million mark. The rest of his money is thought to have been spent in funding a lavish lifestyle, alimony for his ex-wives, child support, legal and medical bills, as well as high-end prostitutes. Oh, and of course, drugs. Along with the notoriety, it quickly became evident to all that alcohol and other drugs were a factor in Sheen's life. In 1990, he entered rehab which he completed a month later. Several years later, in 1998, he was hospitalized in Los Angeles on a cocaine overdose. After several failed attempts to kick alcohol and drugs, in 2010, he checked himself into rehab yet again. But none of these attempts were successful. Perhaps because deep down, the motivation and desire for true change just wasn't there. You see, over the years, until recently at least, Sheen had publicly voiced conflicting and sometimes bizarre views towards alcohol and drugs. Check out this ABC interview from 2011, just a few months after he was removed from his 2010 rehab stint. Tell me about the last time you took drugs. You know, the last time I took drugs, um, I probably took more than, than, than anybody could survive. You know, What are we um, talking about? How much? I don't know, man. I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go. How so, do you survive that? Because I'm, because I'm me. Because I'm me. I'm different. I just have a different constitution. I have a different brain. I have a different heart. I have a different, you know, I get tiger blood, man. You don't worry that you're going to die when you take that many drugs? Dying's for fools. But you're Dying's only human. Energy. Now, there's certain blends I will not, I will not entertain because that's how people go down. I'm, I'm, I'm too, smart, too smart to do that, so... You know, I'm sorry for the guys that that happened to, but you know, you should have uh, read the directions before you showed up at the party, you know? That same year, the producers of Two and a Half Men decided that they had had enough of his antics and Sheen was finally fired from his role. It was one of the most successful and financially rewarding roles he ever had, and one that he would not be able to replicate again. His loss of income from the series was one of the main reasons that his net worth is now a fraction of what it was. In an interview with Yahoo, he disclosed that one decision in particular that he still regrets to this day, to turn down a rehab offer from the network shortly after which he lost his job. Quote, there's a moment when Les Moonves and his top lawyer Bruce were at my house and they said, okay, the Warner jet is fueled up and it's on the runway. Wheels up in an hour and going to rehab, right? Sadly, Sheen did not take them up on their offer. Quote, but if I could go back in time to that moment, I would have gotten on the jet. And it was that giant left turn in that moment that led to, you know, a very unfortunate sequence of public and insane events. Sadly, things would get worse before they got better. It was November 2015 when Sheen sat down with NBC's Matt Lauer for an interview that would send shockwaves through Hollywood. Let's take a quick look at that now. Charlie Sheen is known to millions for his award-winning body of work on television and in the movies. But this morning, he's here to talk about something immensely personal and private. Charlie, good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Thank How you, you been? Good, good, good. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. We've spoken a lot over the last couple yes. of days. And, Let uh, me just say first and foremost that your producing team, uh, uh, Katie Disler and uh, The Zim, have been awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yes. you. Um, as, as, as have you. Thank you. Yeah, we, just, we... just absolute compassion and, and uh, it's it's it's. It just means the world. Thank you. Well, thank you. We, you know there are a lot of rumors sure. out there right now, and, and you would like to address them head on, so I'll, I'll well, give it to, to you. Go I ahead. have to, yeah. Um, I'm here to, to admit that I am, in fact, uh, HIV positive. 
um, and I, um, I, 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 I have to put a, a, a stop to this, this, this onslaught, um, this, this barrage of, of, uh, of, of attacks and of, 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 of sub-truths. The star would go on to disclose that he had first been diagnosed in 2011, after coming down with what initially seemed like a mystery illness. In the process of trying to hide his HIV-positive status, over the following four years, he would fall victim to extortion, paying millions of dollars to buy certain individual silence. Sheen then went on to describe how the news of his HIV-positive status led to him becoming depressed, drinking harder, and taking more drugs. It was a chapter of his life that he described as, quote, a temporary yet abysmal descent into profound substance abuse and fathomless drinking. To overcome his loneliness and despair, Sheen hired the services of prostitutes who soon found out and started blackmailing him over his secret. He subsequently described his decision to go public as a massive relief, which instantly ended the blackmail and freed him from a personal prison. In December of 2017, she realized enough was enough, and it was time for a change. In an interview with People magazine, he said sobriety came naturally to him. There was no struggle. It was just, quote, one of those epiphany moments. In the following year, December 2018, he tweeted a photo of his one-year sobriety medallion from AA. It was a sharp U-turn for the star, who only seven years earlier had lashed out against AA on the Alex Jones, calling them, quote, vintage, outdated, and stupid. So what was the final straw that broke the camel's back? After so many failed attempts and hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on expensive rehab programs, it was a simple, everyday, mundane event that made Charlie think enough was enough. Here's what he had to say about it in a 2019 interview. You, you said you've been a year sober. 1.4. What happened 1.4 ago that made you fall off the wagon? What is it that makes you want to drink again? Or Well, I don't think there's anything left for me. There's really, there's no, uh, there's no disaster left to, <laughs> to engage. Um, I, but what uh, makes you reach for a drink? I, I don't, I just, I have a game plan and I, and I stick to it, you know? Um, and it's, as I said, there's nothing left in that world. I exhausted it completely. Um, the only thing left would, would be something catastrophic. Even more so than that intro reel. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About that. Um, but you know, it's uh, there were times, and I've I've had time in the past. I had five years at one point, so it's not like someone's selling me a myth. Yeah. But every other time, I was I was led there through an intervention or or a rehab or a detox mm. or a thing. And this, you know, this last time, the, the last time, um, I couldn't get my daughter to an appointment that she had. And so, and I don't drink and drive ever. I've never had a DUI, if you can believe that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I called my buddy Tony, and, and so we got her to the thing, and then got her home, and I just, it was that, it was that night, I was like, wow, I'm not even responsible enough to be available for my children's needs. Mm. And the next morning, I just woke up and said, today is the day. In a more recent interview, he went into more details about his final drinking bout. It was December 10th, and I'd forgotten that it was a Sunday, and I thought, and my daughter Sam needed to go to this um, this appointment up in Thousand Oaks, and I was uh, in Van Nuys, and and I had to leave in an hour, and I'd already started drinking. You know, I'm a morning drinker, and that's the best time. Sorry, um, and you know, I've never I've never had a had a DUI. I've never uh, you know, had a drunken weapons charge. I've never, there's never been yeah. 
like that that super gnarly legal I mean, yeah, I'd wound up in court and stuff like that, right, right. but not because, you know, it didn't cost somebody their life. Right. Um, and so I called my, my, one of my best friends, Tony. I'm like, dude, you got to get here. We got to get Sam. We're going to be late. He, and he's like, you sound fine. I'm like, dude, I've already had two or three. I'm just, I can't. And so he came, got me. We picked her up, got her there on time and, and came home. This is actually the ninth. And I remember on the drive home with Tony driving and her in the back, and I thought, okay, this can't, this, this need, this can't happen again. You know what I'm saying? It was something very simple, but someone that you know I adore, that I, I you know, eat a bullet for. Yeah. Sorry, take a bullet for. <laughs> eat a bullet means yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, and I and I couldn't be available for something that she needed, and it really hit me in a way that was like. Okay, okay, we can do this. We can do this, you know. And I found like a half a volume in a drawer and did that and just kind of just stayed, <laughs> just watched TV that whole day. And then, you know what I'm saying? And then I yeah. was like, all right, okay, we're, I promised myself we're doing this. And, and, it, and, it, it, and so it began. Now sober for more than five years, the 57-year-old currently resides in Malibu. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.